Welcome to the NSNORC podcast. My name is Phil Kaskrain, and today Dan is on assignment, so I am joined directly by speaker Rene Ricci. How are you, Rene? Good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. So we're getting really close to the conference uh, actually happening, so I'm glad that we can finally uh, uh, record this episode. Oh, awesome. I can't wait. <sighs> So, uh, Rene, normally I ask people to tell the people a little bit about themselves and what they do, but I think you're one of our speakers that's kind of all over the internet. People <laughs> probably already know everything about you. So what could you tell us that you wouldn't already say on other podcasts? I know you're an analyst. I know you're a podcaster. I know you're on uh, many, many podcasts on, on iMore and Vector and, uh, and uh, MacBerg Weekly occasionally and, and things like that. So what else can you tell people? Um, I guess that I just, you know, I'm, I'm really a big watcher, viewer, audience member as well. And I love everything that everyone in the Mac community does. And I try to just devour as much of it as possible. So if people want to know more about this, it's pretty easy. They can go to iMore and everything's going to be there. Yeah. iMore.com slash vector has pretty much everything I do these days. I noticed that you changed to a, from audio to a video format for vector. How's that going? Good. It is a lot of work, but I feel like it's just a new and creative way to tell stories and to maybe reach more people, people who are like visual learners beyond what just text and, and audio can do. Fantastic. So what, do, what would you say is the, the, the biggest hurdle to people creating video then today? Uh, podcasts have gotten to the point where it's relatively easy. You know, you just, you set up and I, I don't want to overstate that, but I mean, you can get a computer or a, even an iOS device, a microphone, and you can start recording, make an RSS feed, get it into Apple podcasts and a bunch of other places. And it's pretty much good to go. And with a, a fairly minimal investment and video, you can kind of do the same because YouTube will host everything for free. And we've all got video cameras on our phones now that are better than you know, prosumer cameras of just a few years ago, but just being comfortable telling a visual story uh, is a little more challenging. At least it was for me because nobody sees what's going on when you're doing a podcast, but on a YouTube thing, you've got to make sure everything looks at least passable. Uh, and then also when you start getting into like the MKBHD or Jonathan Morrison levels, I mean, their gear budgets are probably bigger than my life budget for the year. <laughs> well, at least you're, you're, you're able to produce Pretty high quality content without uh, breaking the bank. Yeah, I try. It is more expensive though because you need the video camera, and then if you want, it, you, and you're using Final Cut, which means you have to do audio and video, and you've got to. It's just more more moving parts to pay attention to. Would you say that it's uh, probably uh, more scripted and less freeform? Because I've noticed on podcasts, you can just people, and that's that may be just me, but it's I've heard it from other people as well that you can kind of just stream of consciousness do things. And it's fairly straightforward as opposed to even a blog. You kind of want to go back and re-edit what you've written and stuff like that. How, how is, can video be that freeform? So I was doing it completely freeform for the first few months, but um, I kept getting complaints that I spoke too fast. And it seemed like I hadn't changed from podcast and I'd never heard that in podcast. And maybe people were saying it. I just didn't see it any at all, never mind as much. But on video... It seemed like people really wanted me to slow down, and I had a tough time with that. And also on podcasts, when you're when you're talking to a guest, it's sort of I felt it's sort of easy to flow, and you can go back and forth, and you're prompted, and uh, unless you're really just sitting there 
shocked. You know, you get, you get a really good flow going. But on video, you just feel like people are watching you. And then at least I was making more mistakes, which meant more editing time. So I've got this blend now where I have notes and, and some, some things I really want to make sure I say. And then I put it on a teleprompter going really slow uh, so that I can't speak too fast or I get lost. And I've been sort of training myself, almost like a reverse athlete, <laughs> to slow down and, and, and speak at a, a more regular rate. That probably takes a lot of practice and uh, just uh, actually just being mindful of it must be the, the main thing. Yeah, and so many mistakes. <laughs> well, that's what editing is for, isn't it? Yeah, except with I try to do things daily, which I it just I've always been a daily blogger. When I started off at iMore, it was mostly just me at the beginning, and I would do ten to twelve stories a day. Uh, and even with the podcast, we had we had a weekly podcast. Sorry, with a twice every two weeks podcast. I wanted it weekly. Then I had several podcasts going, and it just felt odd if I wasn't doing it. So when I started the new version of Vector, the audio show was once a day, and then as fast as I could, I got the video version to once a day. And if I'm spending too much time editing, then I I can't keep that pace, and I feel like the world is just passing me by. But if you, you could also outsource some of this, like have other people do it, but uh, I, uh, iMore is very distributed, isn't it? Yeah, I can, I can do that with the podcast. Jim Metzendorf edits the audio podcast for all of our shows, Android Central, iMore, Windows Central, all of those. But I feel like with video, I don't know how to tell the story in the camera yet. And I still end up moving things around so much in the edit that I couldn't. And also, I know what I want to see visually on the screen. And it would take me so long to describe, no, stop here, show someone grabbing an iPad mini, bring it back over here, show them doing this, that I feel like that would take longer than just editing it myself. And until I get good at actually capturing the story I want to capture in the camera, I feel like I have to just do all the editing still. So on, when you're doing video, you're essentially doing all the roles that people do. You're producing, you're editing, you're directing, you're uh, acting, uh, all of the things that you would want to do for our video productions. Yeah, I mean, at night, I, I write the script for the next day, then I shoot it. And I often have a friend of mine uh, who lives close by with me just in case uh, something goes wrong. Because if, you, if the video goes wrong, you just got to start over. So he'll check and make sure that the lighting hasn't changed or those kinds of things. And then I'll take the files and I'll spend the rest of the day editing them and then writing the next day's script. Wow. Uh, given that your word output that I'm or before that was kind of legendary, I <laughs> wonder how you find time to do all of these things. It's amazing. Well, iMore greatly expanded, and yeah, we've gone into a bunch of other product areas. Like, we don't just cover Apple now. We also cover the Nintendo Switch because it felt like Nintendo nerds were very similar to Apple nerds. Uh, and I, if, on the same logic, I want to get into Lego. They won't let me yet, but I really want to get into Lego as well because I feel like that's the Lego, Disney, um, Nintendo, and Apple. I feel like the the holy quadrinology of, of, of nerdery, and they just all have so much overlap. But uh, we have a lot more people working there now, so I don't have to do everything. I, I can do the reviews, and someone else can do the buyer's guide, things that I had to do all by myself previously. Um, so I'm, I can take the time to do the video parts now while other people are sort of doing the, all the extra writing stuff. Wow. That's fantastic. So I, I did not, I can totally see the, the Lego angle because it, it's such a, it's both high tech and low tech and always yeah. moving forward, right? There's always new things and they have even theme parks and everything like that. So there's plenty of things to talk about. Yeah. And it's just, again, it feels like there's such strong brands that 
that nerds loved as little kids and they grew up with. And that describes Apple and it describes Disney and it describes Lego and it describes Nintendo. And you go to WWDC and everyone, you have their iPhone, but they also, I couldn't count how many Nintendo Switches were at the last up. There's just so many of them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's surprising because some people say, oh, the Switch is a... Uh... It's just a it's a niche product in a way yeah. because it doesn't have the the same appeal as uh, the Xbox or the PS4 or or the the the, the, the mass market games that you hear about. Uh, but it certainly has a lot of appeal and it, a lot more underground maybe that people don't know about. Definitely, my daughters are are avid um, Splatoon players, yes. and that's really on the Switch only, right? So yeah, and I think it's the same thing that we we see with the iPhone every year. It's that. The iPhone comes out and then a bunch of other phones come out that each have a feature that surpasses the iPhone. Like maybe they have a newer radio technology or they have 12 cameras instead of just two or they have something about them or they fold. You know, there's something about them that's extraordinary. And that thing is cool. But inevitably, the total experience isn't the same thing, like the reliability, the trust, the ease of use, all of the little things that you take for granted every day that just makes you not have to worry about working for your device, lest the device work for you. I feel like that's the same sort of thing with Nintendo. It's not about speeds and feeds or whether you have the frame rate. It's like, did I, did I just spend an hour doing something I absolutely adored doing? And that's sort of the problem that Nintendo solved. They definitely have a, a fanatical approach to uh, oh maniacal approach yeah. to detail. Yeah, uh, I I work for a company where we sometimes made video games that were ported to, to Nintendo uh, and for the, the the Wii at the time, and definitely was really hard to get into their essentially app store because yes. they did a lot of reviews and tried to test a lot of things. And and Lego uh, famously has incredibly small tolerances for their their. Um, their bricks so that they fit together exactly the way you expect them and they snap together exactly you, the way you expect them uh and they ha- their fab process is is fabulous i guess it's uh, the, the way that they mold these essentially tiny plastic pieces it's it's uh, super high detail oriented it's they're not using laser cutters yet i don't think i think it's all molded but yeah, it I should be so. pretty close <laughs> Yeah, and Apple's the same way. I mean, it's like when when you open or close the AirPods or put them in or out or you stick your Apple Watch onto the charger, they want that to be a satisfying experience. Like it's not just supposed to charge, but it's supposed to give you not just visual, but the audio with the sound that it makes and the feeling of the magnet pulling just enough so that there's you ha- you know on almost a fully conscious level that you have successfully completed that that task. Or when you close a car door and it makes that satisfaction thud sound. Yeah. Th- there's a solidity to it. Yeah, it's a total experience. It's it's a totally designed experience. It's not just haphazardly done that way. It's yeah. It's like when you get an imitation of something, you can you can tell if you pay attention to the thing. But it, it's true that a lot of people just don't pay attention. They just want the thing to do what it needs to do, and how it does it eh, doesn't matter that much. <laughs> well, that was that famous Steve Jobs thing. He said, you know, people don't really think about design, but they do notice when it's absent. That's true. It's uh, the the thing you like, you 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 get habituated to it, and when it goes away, you go, "Hey, wait! I knew that. I like that." Yeah, it's just too light, or it feels too creaky. Like you pick it up and it creaks in your hands, or the plastic doesn't fit quite right. Like there's all these little cues that tell you that people didn't really care about making it. So when you're when you're not doing all this editing, all this work, and all this fiercely typing, and and in in your free time, what do you like to do that's not necessarily tech related? Uh, 
Wow, that's a hard question because you, well, you know, I feel like I just launched the YouTube thing and I'm spending so much time wrapping it up that I don't have a lot of time for other stuff. But I still try to go outside and walk. You know, we're, we're lucky to live in a country that is just so beautiful. And you know, I, I discovered a lot of the parks that are in the area. And right now the rivers are melting and I'm just walking along those. And I have two little godchildren uh, that I just adore playing with. And they would love to play video games, of course, but we try to minimize their time at it. So we'll do board games uh, or we'll just we'll sit and talk. And it's just that's the sort of stuff that I love disconnecting with. If I'm not mistaken, you're in the West Island of Montreal or, or yes. close. In, yeah. I, so I used to live there. My mom is still there. And last Two years ago, we had the, the big floods, and uh, yeah. she was she was almost flooded. I had to put a second pump in her house uh, so that it would uh, it would keep up, and uh, it kept up, and uh, it didn't get into the basement, and uh, just just barely. And uh, uh, but the thing that I did is I was filming with my uh, iPhone six, and I was uh, walking in the flooded uh, flooded street. Essentially, I was up to my waist in uh, in the waders, yeah. and uh, I was feeling pretty pretty. Biffy with my iPhone doing a a, a QuickTime, uh, sorry, a FaceTime with my wife saying, so look at that, it's uh, how flooded it is. And then, of course, I stepped into a pothole because it is Montreal. Yes. And I didn't see the pothole because it was flooded. And, of course, I dropped the phone. <laughs> and it's an iPhone 6, so it's not waterproof. Uh, I found it, which was impressive. But after two days, it was, no, I had to replace it. Oh, no. Well, I remember there was a reporter, a cameraman, who was walking and, and stepped into a pool because he couldn't see it because the water was waist high. And he just went straight to the bottom and they had to go pull him out. <laughs> yeah, like I'm assuming an in, there was an in-ground pool and he just couldn't see it, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, anything you're looking forward to uh, at uh, post-NS North? Uh, their WWDC is coming up. Yeah, sort of the two biggest things are Avengers Endgame and WWDC. And in a normal year, WWDC would win, but I really want to see Avengers Endgame. So they're <laughs> sort of, I'm going to do NS North and Avengers Endgame and then straight to WWDC. And I think, I think it's going to be a pretty good year. If, you've, if you come to, uh, to uh, NS North, it's the same weekend as Avengers Endgame. Yeah. We actually have on our Slack channel, if, you're, if you have a ticket, you have, you're on the Slack channel, uh, you can go into the Avengers Endgame uh, channel. And my hope is that people will just self-organize on going to some <laughs> viewings that are close by to the, the, the theater. So, oh, that would be brilliant. Uh, they, they, so there is a plan. I, I'm just, as one of the organizers, I'm not in on the plan, but I, I wanted <laughs> to just spontaneously organize. So people can just walk into that channel and do it. Oh, that's terrific. And you got some really, really good people at the show this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's one of our best lineups ever. And uh, I'm really, really glad that we're able to uh, to uh, have you come at, this, at the show as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was there when Don Melton took the stage a couple of years ago. And that remains one of my favorite talks I think I've ever seen at any show ever. Well, uh, if you want to see that talk and other talks, we have some of them on our on our videos page. So nsr.ca slash videos. But really, the best way to enjoy uh, Renee and all the other talks is to come to NS North. Now, at this point, our official ticket sales have closed, but we have uh, late tickets that are available. Uh, the thing is, we can't guarantee your T-shirt size or if you'll get a printed badge because <laughs> we have we have lead times on those. But uh, for everything else, uh, you everybody's welcome to come to the show. And um, I really thank you, Renee, for uh, for being on the podcast, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. You're most welcome. Thank you.